everyone? We're back with another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast after a week two victory. I'm Bron, and I'm joined by my co-host Mason. How you doing, Mason? Great, man. Packers look great again, starting 2-0 and for the second year in a row. I'm, couldn't be more excited. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, another great victory on, on Sunday, and we've got a nice matchup coming up with the Saints on Sunday night. Uh, so, Mason, you want to go over a couple injuries that we've got uh, from the last game to talk about, and then we'll move forward with uh, with the recap of the game? Yeah, the biggest one that probably has most fans worried is probably Devontae Adams. He obviously went out, I believe it was the second quarter, after only three catches for 30-plus yards. Um, it was a, according to Matt LaFour, is only a precautionary, you know, just to take him out just in case he were to re-aggravate and make it worse. The Packers were obviously up by multiple scores, and – um, it obviously didn't matter at that point, so the Packers decided to just hold him out. So he should be good to go next week against the Saints. Yeah, and and originally earlier in the game, it was a it was an ankle issue. He kind of got rolled up on a little bit from somebody coming behind, um, and and that was the original uh, issue that he got taken out for. And then later in the game, he he had some kind of hamstring issue um, that 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 ended up keeping him out. And, and like you said, it, it seemed precautionary. Matt LaFleur said that he wanted to go back in the game. He said that he, you know, felt good. And, and according to his body language on the sideline, he seemed like he was able to go. Uh, and, and in a closer game, he probably would have been out there, which is good to hear. Uh, so that's, that's definitely one of the bigger injuries. But another one that was uh, kind of had an impact later in the game uh, was Corey Lindsley. He ended up uh, having a hand injury that uh, that kept him out towards the uh, second half of the game. And we ended up putting Lucas Patrick out there at center, and then we moved John Runyon to, to right guard. Uh, and, and the line didn't have much of an impact uh, in terms of any regression without uh, Lindsley in there. So it's good that we have that depth going for us. Um, yeah, but that injury is definitely something to monitor, although Matt LaFleur did say it was something minor. And Corey Lindsley has actually been voted by PFF as the number one graded center in the NFL right now. So that would be a huge loss for the Packers. Um, and on the other side of the ball, we saw Tyler Lancaster kind of go down with a kind of scary injury. He had a Lions player kind of dive at his feet after the play. And Brian, do you have any update on him? Yeah, that one uh, that one looks minor as well because he was able to uh, come back in the game later. Uh, and obviously without him in there and Kenny Clark, it was going to be it was going to be tough sledding. Uh, because we've got uh, Kingsley Kiki, Montrevious Adams, and and that's kind of about it in terms of guys that can fill in that middle. Um, so we definitely need uh, to have him in there because he's playing pretty good football without Kenny Clark right now. Uh, so we'll, that that again, that's something to monitor because it could we could see a setback of some kind if if he's feeling uncomfortable the, the day after the game and things like that. Uh, so we're going to have to look at that. But for now, he was able to come back in, and we're going to need him if Kenny Clark can't go this week. All right, Brian, let's just jump into last week's win against the Lions. Um, Packers started off pretty slow again, just like they did week one. Um, Detroit actually jumped out to a 14-3 lead, but that was, you know, by the second quarter, the Packers were already up by um, by three points. And, you know, obviously in the end, the score was 42-21. Packers kind of ran away with it in the third quarter, scoring 17 points. Um, and it's hard not to th- – talk about this game without mentioning Aaron Jones right away. He had a phenomenal game, 168 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And on top of that, four catches, 68 yards, and another touchdown through the air. And he just – he looked phenomenal. At week one, the story was Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. And, you know, this week two storyline is all about Aaron Jones. He looked 
absolutely phenomenal. He's, you know, making a making a case for the Packers to have to pay up because that's been a huge discussion all offseason. Like if he was worth, uh, you know, 12 to $15 million a year that he would, you know, probably be asking. And I mean, it's, it's hard not to say that he's not worth it just because he was, he's looking like an absolute playmaker. He's breaking off huge 75 yard runs. He's making these crazy acrobatic catches, just a f- total force in the passing game. Um, he like like you said, he's more than a running back. Like a lot of the questions arise because we see these running backs uh, get paid a lot of money and then and then struggle or or the money just it doesn't work uh, later in the years and and they're not worth the contract they get. But Aaron Jones is is a literal weapon that they can move all around the field. He's so effective. Uh, he's a game breaker, home run hitter. Um, so I mean, it's really hard not to pay a guy that's scoring so many points points for you and, and getting so many yards and just having such a huge impact on the game. So that's definitely something they're going to have to look at. And he's, and really, he really has earned it. I really think he's earned a, at least a look at a, at a really nice deal for him. Uh, and maybe they, you know, maybe they can work something out where it's a short term thing and re up with him, you know, later uh, in maybe a couple of years on a two year deal. And then they re up with him possibly in a couple of years, but um, I do think he's earned that deal. I do as well. I mean, all of us were kind of kind of scared in the offseason to extend him just in case he did have a, a regression because last year he had a crazy year, you know, leading tying for the league league in rushing touchdowns and he had over a thousand yards rushing. It was a little nerve wracking, but you know, we saw Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey all get paid over twelve mil a year. Um, and then Aaron Jones goes out and do this. I mean, he's he's the NFL's leading rusher after two weeks. He has he's one of two players with over two hundred rushing yards, him and Derrick Henry, and he's got Henry by over thirty yards. So he's already making a strong case to get re-signed. And I I personally I was on the fence before the season, but I feel like he's too big of a playmaker to just walk out the door. We do not have a lot of playmakers. It's pretty much just him, Devontae, and obviously the GOAT Aaron Rodgers. Um and we saw um, I had a post on Instagram about Aaron Jones' catch, that uh, that long 30-yard catch that he had, um, where he pretty much mossed the, the Detroit Lions corner there. He actually lined up on the outside, like, as a wide receiver and, you know, made a great play in the ball. I You can just line this guy up anywhere, and now, then it frees up Jamal Williams to go in the backfield, and he had a very, like, low-key good game. He had only had eight rushes for 63 yards. That's, you know, after an eight yards to carry, that's... I mean, putting Aaron Jones out as a wide receiver just frees up more, you know, more running time for Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon. When when Matt Lafleur talks about marrying the run with the pass, there's no better way to do it than throwing to the running backs. You know, having them line up in the in the backfield, then split out wide, and then and then they go and make a huge catch. They really like they're putting the offense in a great position to have so much complexity that teams really have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, and Aaron Jones was actually their leading receiver after Devontae went out. He had four more yards in MVS, and he also had one one more catch than everybody else as well. It's just, I I hope we keep going at that. And I know I know Aaron Jones isn't going to have three touchdowns every game, but I mean, you yeah, he's going to have four some games. Yeah, just like last year against the Cowboys. I mean, <laughs> you can't. Who are you going to stop, Aaron Rodgers, or are you going to stop Aaron Jones? You got to pick one. Yeah, you do, and otherwise somebody's going to get their money and somebody's going to play football at a high level and, and help this offense score 40 again. I mean, the one thing in terms of the offense that 
we need to probably do better is uh, is catching the football, ironically enough, because we we had six drops, according to Matt LaFleur, last game. Uh, and, and we look like one of the teams that is probably having this issue more than anybody uh, just because of the, the youth at our receiver position and, and the tight end position as well. Uh, Jay Sternberger was guilty of two drops uh, in this game. He, he had two targets and dropped them both. One of them was a, was a nice play. It looked like he had a lot of room to run and just like the ball fumbled all over his hands and, and he, his knee popped it out. And, and that was definitely a disappointing one. And, and it took a lot of yards and points off the board, uh, the drops did, uh, for this offense. And, and it's almost encouraging because we could play so much better and we still scored 42 points. So, I mean, that's that's got to tell you what kind of level we're playing at right now. I think Aaron would have about 800 yards if it wasn't for all these drops. It's Obviously, watching as a fan, you can definitely see it. I mean, like you said, Jace had two big ones. Um, obviously, he's it's just only his second year. He's probably, you know, a little rusty. He didn't have a preseason and all. But but still, at the same time, these guys are professional NFL players. Um and one thing, uh, he did have the virus and was late to camp because of it, and, and that definitely took a toll on him for sure. Um, he didn't come in and, and play until later after he got cleared, and, and so he's a little behind the eight ball for sure. Um, but, you know, Matt LaFleur is going to continue to try to get him involved, and, and we're going to see what happens with that. But, you know, he'll develop. He's, he gets open. He's a matchup problem because he can line up anywhere just as, just as well as Aaron Jones and a lot of the guys do. Uh, so that's definitely something they're going to have to kind of figure out and, and they're going to let him kind of settle into the offense a little bit this year. Yeah, Brown, that's a good point. Um, let's transition a little bit to the defense. Um, I, I believe, I mean, personally, I think the defense put a little bit better than they did week one. Um, instead of having one sack like they did against the Vikings, we, we you know, we acquired four um, and one and a half of them going to Rashawn Gary, you know, the guy that everybody labeled the bus. And he's, I saw a couple of film clips on, on Twitter from him. He was, you know, one of his sacks, he split a double team. Like he's looking good out there. Not only that, but he he was uh, he was all over Matthew Stafford on that pick six that we'll get to from Shannon what? Sullivan. I mean, he he had an impactful game, and and his pass rushing is looking a lot better, and he looks a lot more comfortable with the defense. He, he obviously he had a great uh, off season in terms of workouts and and just improving his game. Uh, you saw that on all of his Instagram posts and videos and. I mean, he looks really good. He looks athletic. He's super fast. One of the fastest guys on the field on defense when you're out there. Uh, and he's a he's a problem in the middle of that defense. And he's a problem on the outside when he's rushing in. So, I mean, he's going to have an impact every week. Uh, and, and now he's just another chess piece that Mike Pettin can move around with the Smith bros, with Christian Kirksey in the middle, Kenny Clark on the inside when he comes back. So that's just going to be a, a, a huge boost to our defense. Yeah, when Kenny gets back, it's gonna be that, that defensive line is gonna be crazy. Rashawn's really come like he's really coming into his groove. It's it's gonna be scary for opposing offensive lines. And and like you said, Shannon Sullivan with a pick six. That was that was all all him and all um Rashawn Gary. That was that was impressive. I knew Shannon Sullivan was gonna pop off this year. Just we haven't seen a pick six since uh, I believe it was Prashad Breeland in twenty eighteen. Yep. So yep. that was awesome to see as a fan. I missed those. That was that was like a we haven't seen a lot of those since like the Charles Woodson and Nick Collins days. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a cool moment. The way he dove for that ball, like and and he just really looked it in. That was uh, that kind of reminded me of the uh, Tremont Williams interception in the preseason uh, a couple of years ago uh, against the Steelers on I think it was Mason Rudolph. 
Um, the way he just like saw exactly what he was going to do, waited for him to do it and kind of pounced and, and just made a great play on the ball. And then he didn't get touched and you see him just kind of like squirming to the end zone, trying to get the ball over. That was a really great play. And, and it's definitely one of the plays that um, it's going to define his season for sure, because he is a guy that they expected to break out, take over for Tremont in the slot. And so far he's done a nice job. Oh, he really has. And um, another couple of stat lines I want to touch on. So Darius had another sack. That's that's two already this year. And then kind of quietly, Christian Kirksey is actually second in the NFL in tackles. I don't know if you realize that. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, playing crazy good, but he's still he's he's filling in that Blake Martinez role perfectly. Uh, yeah, I think the one thing they're missing from him is is kind of the the bit more of athleticism in, in the coverage aspect of of the middle of the field. That's something they'd like him to improve on. And I do think, I mean, he's rusty. He didn't play for two years straight. Um, and so he's kind of just getting back on the football field. He didn't have an offseason. This is a new defensive system. He's calling the plays uh, in the middle. So, I mean, I'm going to give him some time before I start to get concerned about the pass coverage by him. Um, but he is making the tackles. He's not missing any, you know. Uh, he's still stout in the middle of the defense, but I'd like to see him kind of uh, help in, in covering some tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. And and uh, I, I still think he's going to be a good player for this defense, and I think he's going to be an improvement over Blake. Uh, but it's going to take a little bit more time than we expect. Uh, but I'm okay with that. I still think he's playing good football. Yeah, man, the Packers are definitely waiting on that 2017 Christian Kirksey to return. But um, with that, Brown, we should definitely talk about our secondary. I feel like um, our corners are playing pretty lights out. Um, according to PFF, Kevin King was not – targeted once when you know on his side of the field um and obviously Jair is playing really good as well both of them are tackling really well both of them are covering really well the only thing I've noticed personally is I feel like Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos aren't having as good of a year as they did last year I feel like Darnell Savage is kind of kind of struggling with the um the slants that he's taking to to tackles and kind of with coverage as well I feel like both of them are the close have been closest to the ball when um um, on that Marvin Hall touchdown last week and, and the Adam Thielen touchdown the week before, I feel like both of them were on the safeties. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. Darnell is, is struggling a little bit, uh, especially in terms of the deep ball and and things like that. I mean, and, and Adrian Amos is also not playing his best ball either. Um, and when neither of those guys are playing at a, at a high level like like we're used to them playing, uh, that puts a puts a strain on our defense for sure because we've got a lot of a lot of issues arising when teams are falling behind but are able to kind of creep back in like we've seen with the Vikings and Lions a lot of garbage time yardage and points and and that's kind of made it close at times um, so we're gonna have to definitely sure that up um, and it'll help the pass rush as well uh, we just need to we, really everything needs to kind of get fine tuned. Uh, it is only week two, so it's it's understandable that there's some kinks that need to be worked out. But, um, I mean, those guys do have to play better, and, and hopefully we see that in the coming weeks. Yeah, because we have Drew Brees next week. Um, it's not like Drew Brees is playing the best football of his life, but, you know, that's a, it's a future Hall of Famer, the all-time passing yards leader. That's not going to be an easy matchup for any of our secondary. We're going to – it definitely starts with the pass rush. We're going to have to, you know – beat up that New Orleans Saints offensive line and get to get to Drew Brees because he's not as you know he's not as nimble as he once was yeah and we're gonna get to the Saints and Drew Brees in just a little bit uh, but for now we're gonna take a quick break 
to talk to you about the Lambo Leapers Super Smith Bros. T-shirt. Lambo Leapers has partnered with U Stadium to bring the fans this exclusive Super Mario Brothers spin on Preston and Zadarius Smith. Uh, Preston and Zadarius are actually getting the shirt. Uh, Preston commented that he wanted one, and we're going to send them each one, so uh, they'll be wearing them soon. That's going to be awesome. Uh, so check them out. Link is in the description. Shipping is free for a limited time, and, and you can order yours now for uh, just twenty four ninety nine. All right, with that, let's talk about the Saints game a little bit. Uh, obviously, we saw them on Monday Night Football uh, lose to a good-looking Raiders team. Derek Carr looks good. Um, they threw to their tight end, Darren Waller, a lot and, and gave the Saints a lot of trouble both running the football and throwing it. Uh, and the Saints' defense looks a little porous right now. Um, and the Saints' offense struggled without Michael Thomas. So, Mason, what are your initial thoughts on the Saints and uh, how this game could shape out? Yeah, watching them last night against the Raiders, I honestly thought the Saints were going to win that matchup, but um, obviously that did not happen. They actually lost by 10 points. Um, Drew Brees is not really looking like his his former self. Like he's he looks like he lost a lot of a lot of his arm strength and a lot of his, you know, throw power just from, you know, over this past year. I don't know. Obviously probably age getting to him, but um, he's not able to throw the ball downfield much. Um the first thought that comes to my mind is we're going to have to win that battle in the front seven, the front five, whatever it is. Um, we're just going to have to get to him because he's, you know, he's he's an old man back there and he can't throw far and he doesn't have his favorite target. It's going to be, you know, him kind of dinking it down to Alvin Kamara or handing it off to Latavius Murray, whatever it is. We're going to have to stop those two guys because he doesn't have his, you know, his favorite target on those slant routes, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that, uh, you know, stands out to me is the fact that they've got two excellent running backs um, in Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. And uh, our run defense without Kenny Clark is a little bit suspect right now. So that's the probably one thing they're going to try to do to win the football game on Sunday night, uh, you know, in prime time. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, but, you know, I'm definitely looking at the Saints run game as something we've got to kind of stop right away. And make Drew Brees throw it. As weird as that sounds, we've got to make Drew Brees throw the football against our great secondary. Um, and, you know, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, you know, his timeline was supposed to be two to four weeks. We'll see. I mean, he missed this week. Um, and so theoretically, he should be out this week. But he is a tough guy. And, you know, he's a strong, physically gifted guy that probably wants to play. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, um you know, assuming that he's not going to play the Packers secondary matches up really well with these receivers that of the saints. Um, and that's something that the Packers are going to have to take advantage of. And they're also going to have to stop the run as well in order to win this football game. Yeah, man, that starts with our offense as we saw. I mean, we, we know our weakness is the, is our rushing defense and we cannot get behind early because we know exactly where that's going to go. We saw that a couple times last year. Just when, when we get behind, teams just start running all over us, and it, it's it's hard for us to get back into football games. So that is exactly we're gonna have to instead of starting slow like we have the past two weeks, we're gonna have to start fast. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to put a bunch of points on the board early. So um, like you said, it's crazy to say, but we're gonna have to make Drew Brees throw it. It's that's exactly what it comes down to. We do not want the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands all day. We do not want the ball in Latavius Murray's hands all day. Um, yeah, just get Drew Brees behind you know behind that offensive line trying to you know, find his guys that he's not used to, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders. That's it's crazy to say, like you said, but it, yeah, make Drew Brees throw the ball. 
And in terms of our offense, uh, we didn't talk about it much, but I thought Aaron Rodgers played a fantastic game um, against week uh, in in week two against uh, against the Lions. Uh, I thought he was passing the ball with precision down the field. He's still throwing the ball at a high level, obviously elite level. He still looks like the best quarterback in football, uh, and PFF has him graded as such. Uh, so you know that's encouraging to have Rodgers playing at a high level means we're going to have success. Um, and and the one thing I think is key for this game specifically is the fact that we're getting the ball out of Rodgers' hands much faster, but we're not losing any of the deep passing part of Aaron Rodgers' game that makes him so lethal. Um, you know, the ball is coming out of Rodgers' hands much faster than in years prior. Uh, and I think it's having a, a large impact on, on his ability to stay clean uh, and, and not allow many sacks by the offensive line. Uh, and against this Saints pass rush, that's going to be huge because we've got a ton of uh, a ton of minor injuries and, and a ton of just things that are going on on the offensive line. So for Rodgers to get the ball out and, and still be able to throw downfield at a high level for uh, to gain a lot of yards and, and score a lot of points, that's what we need to do. And, and that's the best case scenario for this offense against the Saints defense. Yeah, the Packers could use a fully healthy Devontae Adams this week, too. They got the Saints on that other side of the ball have Marshawn Lattimore. He's, you know, known as a lockdown corner. And if, we, if Devontae wasn't able to go, which I'm pretty sure that's highly unlikely, um, MVS, Alan Lazard might have trouble getting open against him in that secondary. Like you said, Marshawn Lattimore is, uh, he's a great corner in this league. He's one of the best. Uh, but something I've noticed is that hes he hasn't had an easy time out there in these first two weeks. He struggled a little bit. Um, and against Devontae Adams, he might struggle even more, just like most corners do. Uh, so that's a matchup I hopefully, you know, obviously with Adams, uh, his injury is a little bit up in the air, but it looks like he's going to play. Uh, so hopefully we get to see that matchup, and I think it's something we could possibly exploit. I mean, Derek Carr kind of threw all over them last week. Um, and they do have a solid secondary. I mean, besides Marshall Landemore, they're, they're two safeties, Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Marcus Williams, both pretty solid safeties. And then on the other side, Eli Apple, which I – kind of think would be a, a big mismatch for any of our receivers. Um, that is something to look for. But, Brian, I want to get your opinion. What is one matchup that you see um, in this you know in this game that you really want the Packers to exploit? I mean, definitely I think that secondary on our side of the ball, uh, our defense, um, you know, with Jair, Kevin King, uh, Shannon Sullivan, I definitely think that's a matchup we can, we can exploit because uh, the Saints are banged up. If Michael Thomas can't go, which looks like is going to be the case, uh, those guys could have a, a dominant Sunday night. Uh, the way they're all playing, uh, they'll be able to lock down Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, you know, the guys like that. Uh, I think that we could have a successful day there. Um, you know, our cornerback room is better than the Raiders cornerback room and the and the Buccaneers cornerback room. And, and they kind of did a good job against these receivers of the Saints and, and limited their passing game to kind of – Dinking and dunking with Alvin Kamara, and, and the interesting thing about this this passing offense for the Saints is they don't do a lot of stuff downfield. Drew Brees does not throw the ball downfield often, if at all. Um, so it's something that if we can lock that down, we don't have to worry about the play of our safeties as much. Um, so I think the key matchup, not one that we could exploit necessarily, but the key matchup is what our guys in the middle of the field, like Christian Kirksey and Raven Green, do against the the tight ends and, and the running backs out of the backfield catching the football. Yeah, man, if we can stop Evan Kamara, I mean, that's – I feel like that is going to be the key to the game right there. If, if Like we saw against the Raiders, Drew Brees did not – like you said, he couldn't – he did not throw downfield. I, you rarely saw him throw five yards past the line. 
it was rare. Um, there's a lot of a lot of Elva Kamara, and that's yeah, like exactly like you said, it's gonna be in in the hands of our middle linebackers and our defensive line to just you know stop them. And um, I feel like our secondary matches up really well with their wide receivers as long as as long as Michael Thomas doesn't play because he is there. You know, he is Drew Brees' favorite target, favorite. You know, always running slant routes, always open pretty much. And yeah, without him, it's gonna be Elva Kamara, and that's if, if we stop him, I don't think Drew Brees can can use Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders to his advantage to beat us. I think uh, when you talk about Michael Thomas, I the idea of him versus Jair, uh, I, I think Jair's physicality is, is perfect uh, for that matchup, but his size is just a little bit scary against Michael yep. Thomas. I think Kevin King probably fits the bill a little bit more because he's also a very physical corner. He's long. Uh, his his size kind of fits better with what Michael Thomas does. Uh, plus, Kevin King doesn't have to, you know, kind of run with guys uh, that are fast when you're facing a guy like Michael Thomas, who's just a strong intermediate route runner um, and a short route runner as well. So I think Kevin King does a good job there. If, if Michael Thomas were to go, I think Kevin King is the guy you line up against him. Um, because Michael Thomas isn't going to beat you deep, and Jair is the guy that, He's gonna he's gonna break guys, uh, and and he's not gonna allow anything deep. So I I definitely think that's uh, like I said, if Michael Thomas does play, Kevin King is the guy. But uh, if he doesn't play, I do think our secondary is gonna play at a high level. One exciting thing I wanted to look at with you, Brian, was you know the fact that we're, we're witnessing if the first matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees since 2014. Um, the Packers played the Saints actually in 2017, but that was the game after Aaron tore, or Aaron broke his collarbone against the Vikings. So we had to witness a Brett Hundley Drew Brees matchup that time. But um this is gonna be the tiebreaker. The the Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees are both have two wins against each other. You think they would have played a few more times considering they've both been in the NFC for pretty much their entire careers. I think Brees is in his eighteenth year starting. Um and, and I think this is Rogers thirteenth year starting. Um so, I mean, you would have thought, right, that they would have played a little bit more. But uh, this is their fifth matchup, and it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and another – looking back at these game logs, I mean, it's surprising. The, Aaron and Drew never met in the playoffs once. I mean, the fact that they were, you know, battling top of the NFC for over 12, 13 years, that's very surprising. Um, the one game that comes to mind most Packer fans will probably remember is, um, you know, after we won the Super Bowl, you obviously get to host um, – somebody at home on Sunday night football and we got to host the saints and that game was crazy. Packers ended up winning 42 to 42 to 34. And that was, you know, the, the Randall Cobb game where he ran back that 108 yard kickoff return in his first game. And, um, pretty yeah, that, much was, that was awesome. Off, pretty much started that season off with a bang. We ended up going 15 and one. Um, don't want to talk about the end of that year, but that was a, <laughs> that was a, I just remember that it was a great game. Yeah. That was a cool moment for Randall Cobb to kind of, show what he's got right away uh on that return and uh but I feel like the Saints seem to always have our number like I feel like they always give us either a tough fight or they come out and win a game against us uh especially in that Superdome um so I mean this is going to be a good game I really even even though the the Saints didn't look amazing on Monday Night Football I still think this is going to be an excellent football game and and we've got two of the best going at it two of the best of all time Rodgers uh kind of the more everybody talks about how he's got a lot of statistics, but 
mostly it's about how you just watch the game and, and he's got the talent that nobody else has. And with Breeze, it's just he leads every every category. He's got every record. Uh, and, you know, he looks good on the football field too. So, uh, the, you know, those are two guys that are often debated as as two of the best and, and in the conversation for the greatest of all time. Yeah, definitely two of the best from the generation and two of the best of all time, in my opinion. Um, like you said, man, Drew Brees has all the records, passing touchdowns, passing yards, completions. And um, Aaron is obviously – it's, it's going to be tough for him to catch um, both Drew and Tom with uh, – you know, he, he didn't start for three years. He's behind Brett Favre from, you know, 05 to 07. It's going to be hard for him to catch up, but, you know, at least Aaron Rodgers can say, you know, he's got the – best passer rating of all time, best touchdown interception ratio of all time. It's both, both great careers. And this is probably going to be the last Rogers breeze matchup of probably ever. I feel like breeze is going to call it quits here soon. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I mean, he's had a great career and he's, he, cause he's considered retiring for the last couple of years. So this could be it for him. Uh, but I kind of want to get into uh, the offense a little bit. And I just want to ask you what you think, uh, what you think the game plan should be, uh, for this Sunday, f- for the offense, for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Matt LaFleur, what do you think they should come out and try to do? Uh, and, and let me know how you think they're going to execute it. I feel like you got to start with feeding Aaron Jones again, um, especially after last week. He just absolutely went off. Um, I think without – we, you know, we lost Avante halfway through that game, and Aaron Jones pretty much took over. I would, I would start with Aaron Jones. I would try to, you know, get him – Get him going in the rushing game. But then, you know, if that's not working, kind of like look at week one. Aaron Jones didn't really pop off like he did against Detroit. That's when you start feeding Devontae Adams. If Devontae, you know, can can get open against Marshawn Lattimore and maybe MVS could, you know, do some work on Eli Apple on the other side there. Just just keep feeding those guys. And then eventually Aaron Jones is going to – those those running lanes are going to create themselves if Aaron's just, you know, throwing all over that New Orleans defense. Um, just get – get him going. It's, it's hard to predict. It's only, it's only week three. Um, but Derek Carr threw all over New Orleans last week. I feel like Aaron Rodgers, if, if that running game isn't working, I would expect another 300 plus yard game from Aaron. One thing I was interested in about this past week's game, week two versus the lions, uh, was that we didn't do a ton of motion. Like we did in week one, week one, we came out and had motion on every play and, and somebody was, was getting the ball, um, you know, on those touch passes or the end of rounds to Alan Lazard and Tyler Irvin and, and a lot of the motions that were going on were really consistently having an impact on where the defense was moving. Um, and then in a game where the Lions played a lot of man coverage, the Packers decided to uh, switch up their game plan a little bit and, and do a lot of regular running, uh, regular inside zone. Uh, those inside tosses, again, was something that I was really uh, interested in, in and, and they kind of worked out once again this week uh, to go into those again a little bit. They just really, they, uh, they really throw the defense off because Rogers is lining up under center uh, and you've got Jones and he goes and tosses it to him and you expect him to break to the outside, but he's just cutting inside and, and finding the hole. Um, so those are really tough to defend. And then I do think maybe this week they go back to that motion stuff because uh, not only to counter a lot of the pass rush, but uh, to get those those linebackers, Mario Davis and the other guys in there, uh, to kind of get them out of the middle of the field and open up some running lanes uh, and open up passing lanes as well in the middle. And that's where Rodgers is having a lot of success right now. So I think that's got to be the game plan. Open up the middle of the field with a lot of motion and, and 
you know, run and pass with that. You're right. And it's smart for Matt LaFleur to switch it up. We we didn't see a single Alan Lazard sweep or Tyler Irvin sweep last week, and we saw a bunch of them week one. Just got to keep that defense guessing. I, I really liked how Aaron Rodgers was faking toss plays, even after, you know, just like handing it off to um, like Jamal Williams and then faking the toss to Aaron Jones or like um, throwing it, throwing it to like a, a receiver doing a little screen and then faking the toss to Aaron Jones again. It just keeps the defense guessing, keeps them on their toes constantly. And we're not going to, we're not going to do the same thing every week because then we get, we just get predictable. So yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that. We should definitely integrate that again. I, the saints don't know what, what to expect. So um, definitely maybe we see some other form of, of trickery from Matt before this week. And we just keep constantly changing it up week by week. And, you know, these defenses aren't going to know what's coming. I'd like to see more split game plans from Matt LaFleur uh, where we see a lot of something in the first half like those motions and then we just either go away from it or change completely to a new direction um, in the second half where we throw them off completely. A lot of coaches like to stick to game plans and and just try to execute what they planned on doing during the game. Uh, I think it'd be beneficial to kind of do something at a high level uh, and, and do it at a significant rate early on. And then come the second half with the opportunity, if the opportunity presents itself, we kind of switch directions completely and, and change the game plan uh, or at least have a set second game plan that can kind of, once again, keep the defense on their toes and have them not expecting what's coming. Like maybe this week we just read, we run five wide receivers every play and, you know, really throw a, a wrench in the, uh, the New Orleans Saints game plan. Yeah, just don't run Aaron Jones at all. Nope. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much a receiver. Like, he can go out there and play out wide and, and catch the football just like any of the receivers we've got. Uh, same thing with Tyler Irvin. And Jamal Williams is good in that intermediate, uh, you know, passing game as well out of the backfield and in line. So, I mean, he's got a – Aaron Rodgers has a lot of guys to throw to and and uh, there's a lot of options for this offense to get it clicking once again. And on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers, like we said, this this whole podcast is going to be it's going to start with stopping Alvin Kamara. He is without Michael Thomas on that offensive side for New Orleans. It's all Alvin Kamara. It's going to be um, Drew Brees is going to try his best to get Alvin Kamara going. Whether it's you know toss plays, handoffs, screen passes, little little um, five yard routes, like whatever it is, Alvin Kamara with the ball in his hands is dangerous. Um, I really relate him to Aaron Jones, and we know exactly how dangerous Aaron Jones is. Alvin Kamara is the same problem. Um, that is that's going to be the key. We got to stop him. We got to um, we got to make Drew Brees throw to his the receivers that he doesn't trust. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is only his third game on the Saints. Traquan Smith is it's only in his third year and has never seen really big playing time. He's always had Ted Ginn in front of him on the depth chart. It's it's going to start with stopping Alvin Kamara, and then you know making Drew Brees throw the ball and try to create some turnovers, get some sacks, like anything we can do, just get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands and try to run up that score, run up that score as early as possible so we do not have to see Alvin Kamara just running all over us. I feel like that's something that we say very often coming into games, whether it's guys like Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, whoever, these great running backs in the NFL. I feel like we come into games saying we need to commit to stopping the run, and we just never see it. Mike Pettin just has no desire to put guys in the box and stop teams from running the football because he's so committed to stopping the passing game. And while we've won a lot of games with this mentality, we've gotten run on a lot. And 
with Kenny Clark not in there, it's getting to a point where if our offense doesn't perform uh, at the level it's performing at, our defense is going to get eaten alive in the run game. And I think that's something Mike Pettin, you know, I doubt, I doubt we changed that mentality, but it's something we have to look at. Last year, it's what cost us the NFC Championship game because a team like San Francisco decided to just run and run and run behind that great defense that kind of held our offense to limited uh, limited success. Um, so I think that's something that we have to do better, uh, and it starts with Mike Pettin for sure. This could be a playoff preview, honestly. I mean, luckily we got we got to play San Francisco in the regular season last year, and um, Mike Pettin didn't really adjust well in the NFC Championship game, to say the least. Um, I feel like if both of these teams want to make it far in the NFC and both want to be Super Bowl contenders, we're going to have to see each other again in the playoffs. And this this game is huge. This is going to this is going to expose our weaknesses. This is going to tell us what we can do well against this team. This is going to this is going to be everything. We're going to have to start off strong. And you know, if we don't pull this one off, at least we have a blueprint that hopefully Mike Penn and both Matt Lafleur use against you know against the Saints if we do in fact see them again. Yeah, uh, I was just uh, talking about earlier how this Sunday night game, uh, the Packers and Saints, and then the Monday night game is the Chiefs and Ravens. That very well could be like an NFC Championship, AFC Championship preview, uh, those final four. I mean, those are those are four of the best teams in football. But after the Saints looked on Monday night, I'm not sure where they stand. And I guess we're going to see on Sunday night. But in the NFC, the teams that, that look good right now uh, – Starts with the Packers, obviously, dropping 85 points in their first two games, over 1,000 yards in their first two games, only been done four times uh, in history. Um, and then the, the Seahawks are the other team with high-level quarterback play with Russell Wilson. Uh, he's playing at an MVP level, just like Aaron Rodgers. And then the Cardinals in that same division look good. Kyler Murray's running all over the field like Lamar Jackson did last year. And then in that division, they've got the 49ers who – have a lot of injuries. They're one and one, but they're still always a dangerous team. And the Rams are two and zero, oh, and and they look like they've re- been reinvigorated. Um, you know, Jared Goff looks better than he did last year, and Sean McVay is calling plays still, and and that's a good football team. Uh, so I mean, that division alone is a tough division. Um, and then in the in the NFC South, you've got the Bucks, who are one and one with Tom Brady, and then the Saints, who are also one and one. Panthers are always a dangerous team because they've got McCaffrey. Actually, he's out now, but. Uh, and then besides that, they've got the Falcons, who aren't a great football team, but they can go out and beat anybody any any Sunday because their offense is so potent and they can drop 40 points on anybody at any time. So, I mean, I feel like those divisions are going to beat each other up. Those teams in there are going to, you know, pound each other to the ground uh, and, and make it tough to win more than 11 games for any of those teams. And I feel like that puts the Packers in a great position to to get a one seed, to win 13 games again. Uh, or to win more games uh, because our division is a little bit lackluster compared to these other divisions with a lot of power and a lot of talent uh, among these other teams. Oh, as you're going over that, I kind of realized how stacked that NFC, the whole NFC playoff picture is. Um, as far as the Packers right now, where, where everybody else stands, I feel like we uh, we're heading to, a, to at least a top three finish in the NFC. I don't, I feel like um, you know watching the Niners and the and the Saints drop to one and one. Um, kind of just I know it's very early, but I, I think the Seahawks might be our biggest contender in the NFC at the moment. It's just Russell Wilson's playing like an MVP again. Um, that's we, we could definitely see them in the playoffs if if that were to go down. And 
yeah, this 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 NFC is going to be a tough um, tough conference to get out of. But at least we're we're looking really strong right now as it stands. I mean, like you said, the Seahawks are probably the best looking team besides the Packers as it stands very early on in Week Two. Um, but what's even more encouraging is that we beat them when we weren't playing our best football uh, and when Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing as good as he's playing right now. Uh, so I think that puts a lot of uh, minds at ease in terms of just where we could fall and, and how good we really are uh, in this NFC. And I do think right now we look like the best team in football, but we've got to keep it up against a great Saints football team uh, that has a lot of talent. And we just have to see how we stand against a, a legitimate contender. Uh, and we're going to see that Sunday night. Uh, so, Mason, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, just let me know what you think the score is going to be and, and give me an X-Factor performer that needs to have a good game for us to get the win. I feel like it's going to be another high-scoring game. Um, we'll love to see the Packers drop a 40-bomb again, um, but I'm going to go Packers 38, Saints 34. Um, both teams are super similar on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's unfortunate the Saints don't have Michael Thomas because that would be the their Devontae Adams of the Saints offense, but these teams are going to go back and forth with each other um, with it. I feel like one of these – I feel like both teams aren't going to be able to stop the run. I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees are going to have a battle. This is might be the last time they ever face off against each other. Might as well make it a good one. Um, an X-Factor player for me – I mean, it's not really an X-Factor. I just want to see Devontae Adams pick up where he left off week one. He started off so good and um, kind of a disappointing week two. I know he obviously got hurt and got held off, but I want to see him have another 10-catch game, 120 yards, drop another two touchdowns. Like you said, it might as well be a good one, and I and I feel like it always is between these two when they do face off, um, two of the best, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is one that the Packers, their offense is is going to continue to play well. I think they're going to score for. I think they're going to score forty points again. I, I the Saints defense is not the same defense that we've seen in in recent years, um, but the real thing that's going to be concerning is the defense is going to get tested. Uh, this week and it's going to get tested in a big way so I'm going to go I'm going to go 42-34 and I'm going to say that the Packers come out with a victory and and for the x-factor performer I'm going to go Adrian Amos I think he's going to have to play better football for us to win Um, he he needs to help kind of pick up the slack that that Darnell Savage has um, because he's still young he's still kind of getting his feet wet out there Um, so I think one of them two has to play good football for us to stop the deep passing game. And uh, if Adrian Amos can, you know, do a better job uh, and kind of fall where we know he can play uh, and play at a really high level, like we signed him to be, I think that's going to be crucial to us getting the victory and stopping any chance of a Drew Brees passing attack in the middle and, and, and uh, deeper parts of the field. I agree with you, Brian, and that is actually going to do it for this episode of the Today in Title Town Packers podcast. Thank you for listening, and from me and Brian, go Pet Go.